Fantasy Sports Prime Time on a Wednesday from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the fine folks at Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K. Brymac.com. Satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Of course, you know that the best car dealership in Middle Tennessee is Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. The Built for You program available now at tworiversford.com as well. DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code A2Z Sports gets you in on all the action in your DraftKings Sportsbook app. Do it college basketball-wise. Tennessee just beat Ole Miss in overtime. You could do it on the NFL, the NBA, everything in between using that promo code A2Z Sports. And you know the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage, the official real estate agent of the Tennessee Titans, the Nashville Predators, both sitting atop their respective conferences. And the primetime show, GaryAshton.com, is where you go to get the best intel in Middle Tennessee. So there's a, a lot of great stuff today. Obviously, you know, you're excited because Derrick Henry's out on the practice field. You probably uh, you probably snorted those Derrick Henry practice field videos today like they were some kind of an illicit drug. Feels so good, right? Energy's high. Things are trending in the right direction. Titans, who have been unhealthy, I mean, all season long, seem that they're at their healthiest ahead of the postseason. So this is a big deal. But what we have to talk about is the situation for Derrick Henry and what relative expectations should be, right? Because now that you've seen him on the practice field, you want him out on the field as soon as humanly possible. And as soon as humanly possible is a conversation that we have to have. So we're going to go through some things that uh, that Mike Vrabel had to say and certainly what Derrick Henry's expectations should be throughout the course of our primetime broadcast this evening. But I want to start with your Two Rivers Ford take, if we could, here on the Primetime Show. I want to know from you guys on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. I want your Two Rivers Ford take, if you would be so kind. The question that we're leading off with tonight are, what is, or is rather, what are your expectations for Derrick Henry whenever he is able to play? Now, we'll talk about it within the context of Week 18, right? Because Houston Texans on the horizon, there's a couple of different things that are going to come into play on this, but I want to know your two rivers Ford take. What are your expectations for Derrick Henry whenever he is able to take the practice field? Let me know in the comment section. We'll talk about it together. You're going to hear from Mike Vrabel on this matter and Greg Cosell of NFL films, who had a great breakdown that we will all discuss. Give me your response and we'll talk about it shortly. Right after I tell you, about our friends at Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford, who makes the Two Rivers Ford take possible each and every primetime show. Two Rivers Ford is not only making the Two Rivers Ford take possible, but they're making the best car buying experience in the state of Tennessee possible. That is what Two Rivers Ford is able to provide to you. They've been doing business this way since 1983, almost 40 years, and it's a successful business model. Outside of the quality of the Ford product, which is unmatched as far as I'm concerned, there are so many things that Two Rivers Ford and their non-commissioned sales staff do to make sure that you're comfortable with the car buying experience. They work uh, on non-commissioned. Their non-commissioned sales staff is probably the smarter way to say it, which means that they're making a paycheck whether they sell you 
a car or not. So they're not pressing you to make a decision just so they can make their nut. Two Rivers Ford doesn't do business like that. It's why it's one of the most pleasant, if not the most pleasant, car buying experience in all of car retail. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet is where you can visit them, just seven miles east of Nashville International Airport or online at tworiversford.com. So what are the three things that are going to go into the Derrick Henry decision-making process? Well, we're going to get into that today because obviously, you know, he was cleared. He was made available uh, for practice about an hour before they took the practice field, about two hours before they took the practice field. They practiced at 1 p.m. today. Derrick Henry was cleared, I think, around 11.30. So let's say an hour and a half, whatever the timeline. So we know that now that he's been designated to return from injured reserve, this opens up a three-week window, 21 days from today, where they don't have to put him on the active roster, but they can continue to work him up to the point wherever he is. And at that point, when he's comfortable being full go, they will activate him to the active roster. Now, it could be Saturday before the game, right, when such transactions need to be made. Or they could kind of go through this week of work and make a determination that, yeah, this slow play is not the right word, but let's kind of, you know, let's play the wait and see game. So tonight, that's what we're going to talk about. What are your expectations for Derek, though? Vondre says, whenever he plays, it's beast mode and he's fresh. Um, Orlando Jones says, the Titans are preparing retaliation plans for the war that was. Well, I don't know about the war that was, but there will be uh, certainly a, a slog a few battles on the way to the ultimate war, which will be the Super Bowl, if you are able to reach that place. And by the way, there's some news on the Super Bowl today that it sounds like the NFL, and they've done this before, but with COVID and where the Super Bowl is supposed to be hosted this year in Los Angeles, it does make it a bit more real. They've talked to the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones about making the uh, making AT&T Stadium a backup Super Bowl site if what if they don't like something about the about how COVID is affecting the product or the 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 goings on around the Super Bowl? Right, the NFL doesn't want to have to derail this thing, and you know, LA and California are much more restrictive as far as COVID rules are concerned, as opposed to Dallas, Texas, and Arlington, Texas, more specifically. So we'll find out where whether it's in LA or whether it's in Arlington. The goal is to win on Sunday for the Titans so that the road to either of those potential Super Bowl locations, one that is currently in place and the other that's in there as a backup plan, regardless, wherever you're going, you want it to go through Nashville, and that's what's at stake. So is Derek going to be able to do this on Sunday? So the place that I start first is, well, what does he look like through this full week of work? That's number one on what will determine whether Derrick Henry plays on Sunday or not. They have three days to be able to, well, two days now, to be able to determine that. Derrick Henry was at practice today. You've seen the videos all over the place. And when Mike Vrabel was asked about, you know, within the context of return to play protocol, how you kind of ramp Derrick up, this is what the head coach had to say. Depending on the position, I think that that um, certainly is something that um, you'd have to look at. Uh, maybe the the position of the the player plays, whether it's at the line of scrimmage, um, you know, receiver, and so we'd have to just monitor those things and try to recreate uh, what they're going to be asked to do um, in the game as closely as we possibly can. I don't know. I'm not going to speak for his excitement. I'm excited. 
I can speak on my excitement to, to coach this football team, to have a chance to, to go on the road and um, and do everything we can to try to win. That, that That's what I'll speak on. So that's uh, that's the screen recording, the rough screen recording that I had uh, from Mike Vrabel's press conference today. So he's not going to speak about Derrick Henry's excitement. Mike's excited. That's the only excitement that he's going to speak on. God forbid that he speak for Derrick Henry. But, you know, I understand what he's saying, right? Derrick, they don't want to – what Vrabel is trying to do there is to keep things as calm as humanly possible, right? Because we know that the worst thing that you can do as an NFL head coach or one of these things, one of the worst things that you can do as an NFL coach is – basically get your fan base frothing at the mouth for something that you don't know whether it's going to be able to go on Sunday or not for the, in, in this case, the, the something is Derrick Henry, right? That matters very, very much. So with all that being said, they will have these three days to be able to figure out where he is in this process and how basically, because the broken bone in the foot is healed if he's out there, right? But now the process becomes all right, how does the foot, the surgically repaired foot, with the screw and the plate that was inserted to hold everything in place, how does that respond to however much work they're giving him at practice, right? Does it become irritated? Is there, how much pain is there? Because there is going to be some pain associated with it. Can Derek move as well as you would like him to move, given the fact that he has this surgically repaired uh, situation in his foot. So basically they're going to, you know, they're going to take a look at, he, he worked out today. He practiced today. They're going to see how he's feeling, how it responds, what it feels like the day before. Does that mean that he should go tomorrow? All these things are going to be taken into account. And that's step one in determining at what point, no matter when the game is right, whether it's Sunday, whether they they're playing on wildcard weekend because something happens this weekend or they end up getting an extra uh, extra time to rest, Derek. They get the first round by, and they end up playing in the divisional round as the top spot in the AFC. So no matter what the case is, at whatever point he's going to play, that's what's going to go into the determination. Now, there's a couple more specifics that get into the idea of, well, what about Sunday, right? The Texans game is an important game for them to win. It's a divisional game. In fact, the only divisional game that the Titans have lost this year, because they swept the Jags, and swept the Colts, just that uh, annoying, pesky, four interception, five total turnover, Ryan Tannehill game uh, in there that resulted in a loss to the Houston Texans that should have been a layup win, right? And they were, they had a path to win that game, and they just uh, ultimately ended up botching it. So you can't sleep on the opponent. Texans are playing better football, honestly. This is not an. This is not going to be a layup win, right? And and I feel like I say that all the time, and I try to tell you all the time that there's no such thing as layup wins in the NFL. But at some point, you know, I feel like there's a there's enough losses like tech, uh, like Jets and Texans and to a terrible Steelers team or a terrible Steelers offense where you start to realize, all right, you know, there's not any one team who is discernibly greater on any given week than any of these other football teams because as we know in the NFL and you know if you're listening to the install podcast that Greg Cosell of NFL Films and myself do your weakness as a football team whatever it may be it can pop up at any point against any opponent and that can be the source of your damnation basically in that particular 
Sunday, or in this case, Saturday, because there's Saturday football this weekend as well. And we're going to know what the Titans are playing for as soon as Sunday rolls around, because the Chiefs and the Broncos, I believe that's a Saturday game, if memory serves. So kind of going off that train of thought, what are your, we're going to go through the last two portions of what I think is going to determine whether Derrick Henry is going to play on this Sunday or not. Um, but what are your expectations for Derek right now? Because I do think that's important to, you know, to talk about out loud and then kind of work our way either backwards or forwards from there. Um, he's not a robot, Buck, says Dom Odell. I hate when people say that. Uh, talk about Derek? You don't think De- Derek's a football robot? <laughs> Derek is Derek is basically a football robot. But I understand what you're saying. Um, I, uh, I I do I do get what your uh, what your point is on. On that front, Eddie Cardona says he needs some real-time game speed to regain explosiveness and confidence. And I don't disagree, right, Eddie? I think that that would be beneficial if that's an option that's available to them. But do you trust him? I guess is basically what it comes down to. And not do you trust him, because I know you trust him. But does the coaching staff trust physically what he's able to give them? Is he able to execute the assignment? Now, What we know from Derrick Henry is historically, of course, that's the case. But this is the first major injury as a pro that Derrick Henry has experienced. And he broke his leg uh, while he was in college at Alabama. I believe that was his true freshman season, if I recall. So this isn't the first major injury that Derrick has had. But this is something where they're going to have to basically evaluate. All right, not necessarily can Derrick be trusted, but can the foot be trusted? Can the rehabilitation process be trusted up to this point to say, yeah, you know what? Go ahead and get get some snaps out there in a Week 18 game where, well, obviously they're trying to win the game, but it's not the end all be all right of their season if if they have to not play Derek. Right? This is something that I think is going to factor into this, and, and we'll talk about that here in just a second. And you don't you don't want the the shaking off of if such theoretical or hypothetical rust exists. You don't want him to have to shake rust off in a, in a playoff game, right? Especially when you're going to have decent layoff for him. Additionally, if you end up with that first round buy, that's not a lock at this point. It's a pretty good percentage chance that they do it, but of course they have to do the most important thing and not rely on the Broncos to beat the chiefs, but handle business and beat the Texans themselves because no matter what happens, the Titans winning seals their destiny or their fate rather as the top spot in the AFC. So what are the other two things that go into this? We're going to talk about this together right after I tell you about our friends at Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. Satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Brimac is the best in the business, and they have you covered no matter what the case is, whether it's commercial HVAC work or residential, whether it's duct work to improve your air quality. Brimac can do that. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brimac Mechanical. Visit them at Brimac.com, or you can go to any one of their three locations here in Middle Tennessee or Kentucky, the main hub in Clarksville. We appreciate Miss Sherry and Chris Hamby. And the Hamby family who own Brimac Mechanical for uh, for and and all of our all of our uh, great partners here on the primetime show for making this product free for you guys. So, what are your expectations for Derrick Henry, and how much of it 
kind of relies on or how much is kind of how much is being amplified basically from the fact that you saw him you know on a video at the practice fields on the practice fields today uh what i would say about this is for derek factor number 2 is very much going to you know we'll see what happens in the next 2 days right because what what are we expecting here in middle tennessee in the next two days. Now, I know, you know, this is an internet show, so not all of you are in Middle Tennessee, but this is a situation where we're, we're predicted. Let me pull up Nashville severe weather, actually, because I just saw, I think I just saw a tweet about potentially a, around four or five inches of snow on the ground. I'm going to pull up Nashville severe weather right now just to see what the latest forecasting on this. Uh, temps will crash during this snowstorm, according to Nashville severe weather. Uh, we will freeze hard overnight, Thursday into Friday, drop, dropping almost to single digits, and it won't get above freezing until we thaw out late Saturday morning. It's a high of 47 on Saturday. So right now, uh, it's predicting five to six inches in Nashville, four to five inches in Wilson County. Sleet, freezing rain, mostly snow. So we're it's potentially potentially going to put us under a little bit. So what does that mean for the football team, right? That's that's a big part of this. What they have is they have the the bubble. They have the indoor practice facility in the bubble. But And I saw Jonathan Hutton on OutKick360, or I didn't see it, but I saw it put out on Twitter that Hutt said this. I haven't had the opportunity to see their show today. But I it was, it was tweeted out that Hutton had brought up the idea – that they may not necessarily want to put him or give him additional work on field turf as opposed to grass. Practice fields at St. Thomas Sports Park are grass, and the indoor bubble is field turf. And if that's the case, by the way, that also factors into whether he plays specifically in this game on Sunday because we know that NRG Stadium is a dome, and we know that they have field turf at NRG Stadium, which, of course, is inherently worse for the players as far as their health is concerned. So all of that that is the second part of this. One, the weather and and two the surface. That's a two-parter on number two about what will determine whether Derrick Henry is able to go on Sunday, this coming Sunday or not. Not the end of the world if he doesn't, um, but something to consider, right? This is all a conversation that's going to be had. Thomas Gard says Vrabel has to be the best at keeping his promises. He almost never willing to say yes to something he isn't a hundred percent sure of. Well, I don't know about promises. Mike just doesn't want to. Mike just doesn't want to create unrealistic expectations because then it caught. You know, if Mike says anything about yeah, maybe Derek plays on Sunday, then Twitter starts to swirl and social media starts to pick up, and then you guys get unrealistic expectations potentially. Then there's greater pressure on Derek to perform or even to play before he's ready, and that, that Vrabel doesn't want anything to do with that like Mike's not messing with that at all so I don't know if uh, keeping promises or whatever uh Thomas he just doesn't want to say shit <laughs> it's gonna make Derek's life harder or frankly his life harder because if he says something like that then he knows he's gonna have to answer questions about it after the fact uh Antoine Randall not Antoine Randall L but Antoine Randall on Facebook live says welcome back we're excited tighten up calm my ass I'm hyped for him okay coach stay reserved but yeah my money on our squad, all hail King Henry, right? Because that's the kind of that's the kind of energy you should have, right? You ju- your player or your team is potentially at whatever point getting their best player back. Nobody is disputing that Derrick Henry 
mean, Jeffrey Simmons got a pretty good case, but nobody's disputing that Derrick Henry is not the best player on the Tennessee Titans, correct? The best at what he does. So with all that said, you know, Antoine is is giving great voice to that. And Antoine's feeling what a lot of y'all are feeling right now. And Mike Vrabel's trying to keep that, you kind of try to suppress that at this point to keep it from going crazy. Now, the other part of this is the third part. So we're talking about the three things that will determine whether Derrick Henry plays on Sunday. And this may sound blasphemous to you, but the third part is, do they really need him? Now, Derek is, is it's funny to say this right now, because I feel like a lot of people are married to the idea that Derek, they, the Titans need Derek Henry to win. Well, they've very much proven that that's not the case. They can win without Derek. They can win without a bunch of dudes, apparently, given that their style of play doesn't really change and that they found sufficient players to kind of pick up the slack from that standpoint. So the third portion of that is, well, do you even need Derek to play? Because what we saw against the Dolphins is Deontay Foreman, Dontrell Hilliard, a little bit of Jeremy McNichols, and some, uh, uh, I think Tannehill had four carries, but a couple of them were sneaks on that. So, you know, you want to, regardless, you have to account for Tannehill in the running game. So you saw that, almost 200 yards rushing of offense and two touchdowns, one by Hilliard, one by Foreman. And on top of that, a defense that is absolutely suffocating people right now. Myself and Greg Cosell, we talked about this on today's episode of the Install Podcast with Greg Cosell. You can find it in your favorite podcast app. We put one out every Wednesday. So Greg and I, we sat in this same office that we're doing the primetime show. Well, I sat in the same office. Greg is, of course, I think Greg's somewhere in Philadelphia, if I recall correctly, in his office in NFL Films. Regardless, Greg and I talked about the way that the Titans beat the Dolphins this past week. If you reduce it to its simplest terms, the Cliff Notes version of the victory was run game and defense. Yeah. That's what led to the victory. And clearly, this is a very good defense. And we saw that their template, particularly um, particularly playing the pass game, has pretty much been what it's been much of the season. Their defensive profile that's been successful has been high percentage, four-man defensive line pass rush with the ability to generate pressure, especially in passing down in distant situations, and a good mix of coverage on the back end. And what they've kind of added over the last month or so has, uh, in their dime package, has been Dane Cruikshank as the tight end matchup on third down out of dime. And I think that's become kind of a key component. And obviously it depends who the tight end that they might play in, in the playoffs is, but uh, obviously they've, they've done it against quality tight ends. We saw it against Mike Gusecki, who's certainly a quality receiving tight end. And really, after Jalen Waddell, the, the other weapon for the Dolphins. So that's Greg Cosell breaking down, you know, reducing it to the, to the lowest common denominator, basically. Titans won that game with a running attack. And with defense and the Dolphins, you know, struggled in the cold. So at that point, you know, you have to assess, all right, is it, are we, are we playing Derrick Henry just because he's Derrick Henry? And they're, they're not going to feel that pressure internally necessarily, but you know, you always have to have those internal conversations about like, all right, do we really need him right now? Is it absolutely necessary that Derrick Henry play in this game to give us what we need to claim home field advantage to clinch the top spot in the AFC, or can we do it the way that we did it 
last week and the way that they have been doing it without Derek, which is running game, defense, and not asking our passing attack to do too terribly much. What are your expectations for the Titans right now with Derrick Henry at this point? Sin City Titans says, we have such a great defense, and you're absolutely correct, right? They've given up, I think they're holding opponents to just, I think they're just over 200 yards in their last four games on the ground. Like, they're they're smoking teams as far as run defense is concerned. Three points uh, allowed against the Dolphins. They uh, they held Pittsburgh down to like 168 yards of total offense, even though they did lose that game. And against the 49ers, they were able to hold down what is usually a very, very efficient rushing attack. They've been very successful thus far, and then the Jags weren't able to get anything done on the ground in, in the first of those four games that they have since gone three and one down the stretch. And if my math is correct, that sounds right. Uh, Brian Van Buskirk says our defense is going to stop the Texans. And listen, I think the Texans are playing better football right now, so you can't entirely sleep on it. Um, the, 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 excuse me, I, I don't know why I just stuttered all over that. The official tie says, underscore the official tie says, and it still was a close game. We're not turning the ball over the same. No, you haven't been. Ryan Tannehill is taking better care of the football. He's being protected better both by the offensive line and by the offensive coordinator because they put in an effective protection plan around him out of necessity, right? Because Tannehill's getting buried back there and they have to find ways to keep him upright so they can keep this passing game alive. Um, so there's not quite the, 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 the number of strip sacks that we saw maybe at the beginning of the season, right? Tannehill has not thrown an interception in, it's been a minute since Tannehill, did Tannehill throw an interception against the Steelers? I'm not recalling that off the top of my head. I think he might have, uh, as that game was getting more and more out of hand. If I recall correctly, there may have been one. I can't, I can't recall off the top of my head. I feel like there was a there was a pass that went off somebody's hands and ended up getting picked off. I think Joe Hayden made a pick If I'm uh, now that I'm starting to flesh this out. But even still, one interception in the last four games, big part of this at this point. And as MB brings up, Buck, the Texans also sp- uh, played the Tennessee practice squatters. They will face a much healthier team this time. True. Uh, and listen, there is no question. Like the expectation from you, from me, from them, is that they are the better football team going to Houston exact your revenge, beat the lesser football team. And as Donovan Romaine brings up, you now have Zach Cunningham in a way that you did not have Zach Cunningham. Now, I'm not saying that one inside linebacker makes all the difference in the world, but Zach Cunningham very much hates the Texans. <laughs> he's going to speak to local media at some point this week. I'm sure he's not going to say a whole lot about it, but David Culley was, you know, putting his vaccination status out there. It clearly didn't end well in Houston. Now he comes to Tennessee. He gets his first crack at the Texans in the division. And I would imagine, based on the plus, the style of play that we have seen from Zach Cunningham as of late, that it's going to be fast, it's going to be aggressive, it's going to be violent, and it's going to be vicious because this man does not seem to care much for that organization at this point. So those are the three things that are going to kind of factor into this discussion about Derek for Sunday. Now, long-term, right, you've got all the time in the world, basically. You can slow play this thing as much as you want. But I would just, you know, I know I got a lot of questions today after the news broke in the middle of the radio show. Can he play Sunday? Can he play Sunday? Can he play Sunday? And that is what this boils down to. How does he look through this week of work? How much does the weather in Middle Tennessee, predicted five to six inches of snow in the next couple of days, 
How much does that impact the amount of work that he's able to get in? And thirdly, do you really need him? Because I don't know necessarily that the answer is yes. Like, I think that the Titans could legitimately be a Super Bowl contender without Derek the way that they've played. Are they better with Derek? Of course they are. And Derek, by the way, does not outright fix their biggest problem offensively, which is that their passing game, there's not a lot of variety to it. And that is kind of the thing. That's kind of the thing that you most bring up at this point. Um, there goes uh, uh, Mixed Whisper 5 says, would we not be expected to win against Houston in a re- revenge game without Derek? I think we should keep him an emergency role at the game like we did with Lawan earlier this year. Yeah, you know, I, sure. But I don't think it's necessary, right? Like, I don't think you need to activate Derek just for him to be there. Because what's the emergency? I mean, if it gets down to an emergency and Derek isn't able to play, like, is the emergency going to be, hey, you're going to lose the game, put Derek Henry out there? No. If he's not ready to play, I'll put him out there. So I would push back on that notion. Now, as far as the Titans being favored, <laughs> they're 10.5-point road favorites in Houston right now. I would bet Texans, at, and now I don't bet NFL games, right, because I cover an NFL team and that would be ethically questionable at best. But if I was to advise you, if you were to use the DraftKings Sportsbook app, promo code A to Z Sports, if I was to advise you what to do with your money, I would probably bet the Texans plus 10.5. That's a lot of points for a road team, given that, and I understand that the two teams are different right now and the turnovers played a big role in that, but 10.5 seems like too many points for any team in the NFL right now. So, yes, you are expected to win. Yes, you are favored to win, but that does not necessarily mean that you are going to win outright. Be aware of that at this point. Uh, So let's move on and let's talk about the AFC because I think that there's a lot of stuff that you can kind of dig into and discuss about what's been the biggest surprise in the AFC right now. And I want to talk about that with you here on A to Z Sports Primetime. What is the most surprising thing about the AFC playoff picture right now? We'll go through the AFC playoff picture momentarily. We'll talk about it together. If you have a response, you can let us know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. What is the most surprising thing about the AFC playoff picture this season? Give me your answer. And while you do that, I will tell you about our friends at the, uh, at, uh, at DraftKings Sportsbook. Great timing. We were just talking about DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code A to Z Sports gets you in on all the action. You can bet the, Houston Texans plus 10.5. You can bet the Tennessee Titans minus 10.5 as road favorites in week 18. You can do whatever you choose in the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You can create your own sports wagering adventure with things like unbelievable offers that DraftKings is rolling out for you this week. It is a very exciting time in the football calendar. We know this. There's the College Football National Championship coming up on Monday. We've got week 18 scenarios for NFL teams. We've got playoff games. On the horizon, new customers to DraftKings Sportsbook can bet just 5 bucks on any football team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. It's a great deal. So let's wind down the season and get you a big win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on football with same-game parlays. That allows you to combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs that you add on your same-game parlay, the more money you can win. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable 
You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever it is that you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code A2ZSports. Bet just 5 bucks on any football team, college or pro, and win $200 in free bets if they win. That's code A to Z Sports this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee to bet. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. So, that is the question that we're posing to you. What's the most surprising thing about this AFC playoff picture in the comments here tonight on the primetime show. You know, I think there's a variety of different things that you can look at, right? Because let's let's take a look at the AFC playoff picture at this point as we sit here heading into week 18. Now there's a bunch of different ways that this can change as far as the wild card teams are concerned, but really the top 3 in the AFC are already set in stone. Well, not set in stone as far as winning their division and a postseason berth is concerned. Titans as the one right now clinched the playoffs and their division. Um, They have a 79% chance, according to ESPN, to keep the one seed. Now, right now, Kansas City is the two. They have won their division, so they will be in the postseason, and they have a 17% chance to go on. They're projected first. So right now, the projected first-round matchup For the Chiefs is the Chargers. They play at the Broncos this weekend. Bengals are the three. Both the Chiefs and the Bengals still have the ability to get in on the one seed, but Kansas City has a 17% chance, and the Bengals have a 4% chance. They would be projected to play the Colts in the first round as the three seed. They are at the Browns on Sunday, and Baker Mayfield will not play. Bills are currently the four. They haven't yet won their division, but they will be in the playoffs. They uh, will play the Patriots in the first round, so it'll be another AFC East matchup if they retain their spot. They play the Jets at home in Buffalo this weekend. Patriots are the five, Colts are the six, and the Chargers are the seven. Raiders, Steelers, and Ravens all still in the hunt. Uh, Vegas Raiders have a 50% chance to make it in. They will play... The Chargers, they're at the Chargers this weekend, so that game has legitimate postseason implications. Steelers and Ravens, much longer shot to make the playoffs right now. 8% chance for the Steelers and a 4% chance for Baltimore to squeak in. So with all that said, what's been the most surprising thing about the AFC playoff picture right now from your standpoint? Um, I would say that uh, I would say from a lot of this, from a lot of this, there's a couple different things that you could look at. Now the NFC, I think is a little more surprising with the way that things are kind of played out. Cause the top of it, you know, the top of the conference looks like you'd expect. Now, maybe you didn't think the Titans were going to be the one, or maybe that you, maybe you thought it may be as the season kind of wore on, that it would be the Patriots over the bills did seem like that for a while. But from my standpoint, there's less surprises in the AFC than there are in the NFC. Um, really, really good stuff to kind of piece through. Tennessee, Stephen King says Tennessee sixth in scoring defense is a surprise. That is certainly impressive, but not necessarily something that we're focused on right now. Uh, I'm sorry, there's a ton of content. You guys guys have been really active in the comment section. I apologize that we're not reading, uh, that we're not getting to as many of these as we'd like to because you guys are really, really active tonight, and I appreciate that. (laughs) But uh, I'm, I'm having to scroll down quite a way. 
Uh, Lewis Chesney says, I want to end Big Ben forever. That's pretty, that's pretty funny to see. Um, but what is the biggest surprise? Chris jo- Okay, now we're getting into it. Chris Johnson says the Bengals uh, are the surprise. Van Jeffrey agrees. Bryn McNeil says the Browns not making it. And I think that the Browns, obviously, of, of any of these teams, could make the biggest argument that they got screwed because the protocol, the COVID protocols changed after the Browns had, like, t- like I think over 20 players missed time due to COVID because of the existing protocols. Then the protocols change. All of a sudden, Carson Wentz is on the COVID-19 list, but he can still start that next game because the protocols changed overnight. So if you if, if any team or any fan base has the right to complain or bitch about how things had kind of played out based on the fact that the protocols changed in the middle of the season after they had their COVID experience. Maybe the Browns don't make it anyway, right? Because Baker Mayfield's clearly playing through injury and something about that team hasn't felt right all year long. But the Browns could probably make the biggest argument that they had their playoff hopes derailed for the fact that they had to start Nick Mullins in a game of legitimate consequence that they almost did win, but there was just too much to overcome. Problematic there if you're a Browns fan. Uh, Most surprising for MB on YouTube is that Baltimore needs a miracle to get in. And this is why this is probably the best argument for Vrabel as coach of the year, right? Because the Ravens have imploded. And it's understandable why they have struggled mightily with injury. Ravens have been, you know, not as historically as many players that have dressed for the Ravens as the Titans have, but it's been close. Baltimore has been going through uh, going through guys just to try and keep them upright. And, of course, Lamar's missed substantial time. Pigwickle said that the Titans holding the one seed is the biggest surprise right now. Well of John on YouTube says, surprising what I mentioned on my call. Oh, I appreciate you calling in today, John. I love I love when we see people that cross over from the radio show to primetime and primetime to the radio show. So apparently, John gave me a call on the radio show today. John says, well, what I mentioned on my call during your radio show, Buck, the whole, oh, okay, the whole Chargers-Raiders tie scenario, that was that was you, John. That is an interesting situation if they basically have to say, yeah, you know, uh, we tied, so let's, uh, let's figure out a gentleman's agreement about who makes the playoffs between us. That's what a, what a mess that could potentially be. Uh, for Marquise, it's Baker Mayfield. I, you know, I think the answer, honestly, to me is the Bengals. And uh, the Bengals going from what they did last year to now winning their division, I think is one of the biggest upsets of the NFL season. I love Joe Burrow. I love that collection of skill position players. I think of, you know, if I had to, because you got, you guys know that I don't, I don't have a, a favorite team, like a favorite NFL team that I root for, but the one that I... If I'm if I'm picking any other team to go out of my way to watch right now, outside of the one that I'm paid to watch, I like watching Bengals games in ways that I never thought I would say prior to Joe Burrow. But they are so much fun. And, you know, obviously Joe Burrow's put up nearly a thousand yards of offense in his last two games, a thousand yards of passing offense in his last two games. Jamar Chase went insane on Sunday in Kansas City. And really gave, uh, I think it's pronounced Chardarius. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher his first name. I want to say it's Chardarius Ward, the former MTSU defensive back who now starts at corner for the Kansas City Chiefs. But there was only so much that they could do on Jamar Chase, and we talked about the Bengals today on the install. What what do you make of the way that Zach Taylor's using Jamar Chase? Because it it looks like so much fun that offense. Well, 
you know, it's funny you say that. And I watched that tape and, and I actually saw a good amount of the game on TV as well. But there were a lot of one-on-ones on the outside. And um, there were back shoulders, you know. And obviously the, the long one, which was their first touchdown, he just threw an out ball and he showed just ridiculous speed. I mean, watching that live, it was like, oh, my God, look at that yeah. guy go. I yeah. mean, you know, his his explosive speed to run away from the defense. I mean, that was just – he simply ran – an outcut from the slot. So it wasn't, you know, anything special, but what happened, uh, there were a lot of big plays in that game that came on, you know, back shoulders, throws outside the numbers. One thing about Joe Burrow that I've commented on before, uh, I don't know if you and I have spoken about it, probably not, but I know I said it in, in many other places is Joe Burrow is very aggressive throwing to the one-on-ones outside the numbers. Yeah. He's very confident and he's very aggressive. So if he sees a one-on-one outside the numbers, whether it's Jamar Chase or whether it's T. Higgins, Higgins caught one as well, a 39-yarder early in the fourth quarter in this game, um, he's going to throw it. He's going to give his receivers a chance to make plays on vertical throws outside the numbers. So uh, – they're very aggressive and, you know, obviously with Chase and Higgins um, and Higgins also is a 1000 yard receiver this year and Boyd's close. So they have weapons. I know Mixon will not play this week, but he will be back for the playoffs. Bengals biggest surprise to me right now. That has been, that has been something that, uh, that has been something that uh, has really, really, blown me away as far as how much different they look now Joe Burrow is still getting knocked around right there we talked about that with Greg the protection of him is still not good enough again that's from the install podcast today go check it out wherever you get your podcast me and Greg do that every Wednesday uh super fast <laughs> super fast we have super fast who's like one of my day ones super fast been with me since I was a overnight producer working for ten dollars an hour at 1025. It's good to see you back, my friend. But he says, I'm still alive, Buck. Just no longer on anti-free speech Twitter. Uh, well, listen, I, I don't know what that what that social media platform you're asking people to join is. All I know is whatever you're saying on Twitter, chill out. <laughs> like whatever, what a free speech. Yeah, you're, you're more than entitled to free speech super fast. And we're happy to have you back. But, you know, also <laughs> maybe maybe reevaluate as much as what you're putting out there as to why somebody, you know, would consider it to be questionable. Um. That is the biggest surprise to me right now, the Bengals at this point. Uh, Marquis says, I think that Julio Jones is going to have a good playoff game. Well, he's on the injury report today with a hammy. Um, and just to kind of run through the Titans injury report today before we move on and talk about this MVP debacle that Aaron Rodgers is currently going through and we can you know, determine for ourselves whether we think it to be a bit ridiculous or not, but the injury report for the Titans, let me scroll back through, uh, limited today was Jack Rabbit, Ben Jones, Julio with the hammy, Kendall Lamb, and Roger Saffold. Uh, not practicing today was Naquan Jones, Laurel Murchison, and Derek Roberson um, were full participants after missing a lot of time last week. So pretty good looking right now, and honestly, the Texans don't have a lot of injuries injuries. At this point, either the only person who did not practice for them today, uh, other than Deshaun Watson, who is not available to practice, is Chris Conley. So Deshaun Watson continues to be on the injury report in a way that makes me laugh 
every time. But yeah, we'll see what happens with Julio Jones. I I don't know what's. I you know I had somebody ask me today about like how how bad could this. How bad could this hammy possibly be? And here's the thing that I want you to keep in mind with Julio. And I don't know that this is exactly what's happening, but this is the this when I talk to people about it, this is the thing that makes the most sense. That Julio Jones, famously, for all the cool things that Julio Jones has done for the Hall of Fame career that he's put together, one of the most intriguing and fascinating things about Julio is that he runs routes at with such precision. At that size, he's a massive human being, right? He's a physically overwhelming wide receiver. And he runs the routes of somebody who is much a much smaller player, a much slighter player. The footwork is impeccable. The precision is tremendous. And what, what happens as you get older, and he's now 32, what happens as you get older is your body gets so much more physically strained doing those kind of things after so many years in the league and after so many years of doing it that it kind of, that it, you know, it begins to wear you down. It becomes much more difficult to manage. That's basically what Julio's experiencing at this point. Um, that Boyla 7 on, a, or that Boy LA 7 on YouTube says, he said, try to acupuncture. I mean, respectfully, uh, on, respectfully to all of our commenters, because we love you all dearly, but like, you know, suggesting has he tried acu- acupuncture in the YouTube comments, I don't necessarily think that we are going to develop we are going to develop any uh, any intellectually stimulating health and re- rehabilitation practices that the Titans have not already considered. I would think that they would probably have, and they do have, better medical expertise than any, any of us, unless one of you is a doctor, and I'm not aware of that. And which you know, if that was the case, that would be great. Um, MB says he watched the coach's film against San Francisco. He looked fine, not the primary wide receiver. I still think there's more to what's going on there. More, more is in what you got to expand. Like more is in, more is in what, as in like uh, behavioral stuff. Like what are you? You, you gotta, you can't just lob that out there and be, and then not give me a little more context. Are, are you, are you saying that potentially behavioral stuff? Do you think there's some kind of disagreement? Like do give me, uh, do give me a little bit more context there, other than just that kind of speculation. I think that's important to flesh out, um, because you maybe maybe I can provide you some clarity there as far as that's concerned. Maybe not, but um, you know that is what I'm here to do. Uh, I'm not a doctor, but uh, I'm a doctor, but not an MD. Says Bobby. Damn. Wait. What? What's the difference? What? Kind, what? So what's the? Are you dentist, Bobby, or uh, psychiatrist? Whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't, I'm not smart enough to know anything. Uh, you don't need to be a doctor to be knowledgeable in health. Just saying. Well, okay, it, true, but also like let's not let's not do the thing where we overvalue our own opinions versus the medical professionals at this point. I think that that is a uh, I think that that is not something that you should just believe on principle. I would say yes, more often than not, the doctors are more knowledgeable on health than many of us are. Um, no matter how how well educated or how self educated you might consider yourself to be, I would say that that's probably not something that's the case more often than not. Uh, MB says, "Sorry, I think they are somewhat bubble wrapping him for the playoffs." And listen, they've that that's a good point. That's a really good point, right? They have found ways. They have found ways to kind of maintain and preserve these dudes, right? Everything, every individual. Mike Vrabel says this all the time that there is a plan for each individual player. And a part of Julio Jones's plan, we have seen it in games, we have seen it in the season, 
They're just trying to bring him along as much as humanly possible at a time when it matters most. And it may get, it may be that they make it to the Super Bowl and he can go full on out, right? And they say, all right, this is the moment. Go get him, Tiger. We'll figure out whatever happens after this game, after the game. But right now, it's go. This is where it matters, which is basically what Alex Alejandro is saying on YouTube, except I did it in less um, uh, profane terms. So let's, uh, let's, Mike Vrabel is really, really good about this. In fact, for as much as, as, we complain as media and as much as fans want to know more about their favorite player's injury. There's no question that Mike Vrabel handles it in a way that is sensible uh, and makes sense alongside the training staff that does so well to put things into place. All right, let's move on because we're, we're, we've gone way long here tonight. And, uh, and I want to mm, – do I want to save the MVP conversation for another night? I Yeah, we can do that while we're here. We've got a few more minutes even though it's getting a little later. Uh, let's talk about the let's talk about the Aaron Rodgers situation, then we'll wrap up tonight's show. Fair or foul is the question. NFL MVP voters, there's only 50 of them. NFL MVP voters making an emotional decision about Aaron Rodgers. That's the question that we're going to talk about here tonight in the comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. If you're not familiar with the story, I'll fill it in for you. Fair or foul. NFL MVP voters, again, only 50, making emotional decisions about Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk about it together here on the Primetime Show. You can give me your response on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, and on Twitch. Do you think it's acceptable for that to be the case? And again, if you don't know what's going on, you're going to hear from Aaron Rodgers here in a second. And uh I don't believe producer Reed pulled the original audio from the one of the 50 MVP voters who made a pretty um, definitive statement on why he is not considering Aaron Rodgers for MVP. But regardless, we'll do that after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. Your dream address without the stress is what the Ashton team offers to you. When you visit them at GaryAshton.com, what they also offer you is the best intel in Middle Tennessee. You don't want to be like everybody else. You want to be smart. You want to get the best intel. You want to get the intel edge if you are operating in this seller's market in Middle Tennessee. You know this. Housing housing prices are crazy. For example, I bought, you know, I'll just, I'm not going to tell you what I paid for my house. Um, But I will tell you that the Ashton team, who helped me find my dream address without the stress, found me a perfect spot. Just uh, just about a mile north of Broadway, I'm right by the uh, I'm right by the the Nissan Stadium. I'm right by the Titans practice facility. I'm right by the radio station um, over there in uh, over there on Music Circle. So it's the perfect spot for me. But also, they put me in a spot of town, or they helped me find a spot in town that one the house was physically up to my standards and exactly what I needed. I mean, it's a new build, so it was up to my standards. But you know what I'm saying. But what they did is they put, they found me a part of town where my real estate appreciation, my, the value on my property has gone through the roof since I bought two years ago. They are building houses, plural, on my block that are worth double, that are asking double what I paid for mine two years ago. Now, some of them are a little bigger than my home. I'm, you know, I've got a, I'm one person who lives in, I've got one person and two cats that live in a three bedroom house. Like, we're, we're okay. But what I'm saying is the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage had the intel two years ago to make sure that I was going to be in the best position to maximize 
my real estate investment in buying my first home. And now, my God, my equity in this home and how much my property has appreciated in two years, chef's kiss. All thanks to the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage or GaryAshton.com. Dylan Madden asks, is this a salesman or a sports talk show? Well, Dylan, uh, and, you know, Dylan is uh, always a, is a frequent commenter, and we appreciate and we've, you know, we've had some back and forth conversations with Dylan on things that he has said that may not necessarily be well-informed, so I'm not going to bite your head off, Dylan. But the way that this industry works, Dylan, is there are people who uh, make this show free for you, so you should say you're welcome, Gary, or, you know, excuse me, you said, you should say thank you, Gary, and thank you, DraftKings, and thank you to Rivers Ford, and thank you to Brimac Mechanical for making this exceptional, high-quality content free for me whenever I choose to consume it. We do not charge you here because we have fantastic partners who make the content free for you. That is how the sports industry works. That is how my sports radio show is free for you because we have advertisers, we have partners. It's how the primetime show is free for you. It's how the 615 Sessions podcast is free for you. So, I, I, Dylan, I don't know if you just fundamentally don't understand business or the fact that, you know, these things need to be profitable for them to be free for you. That's why it works. That's how it goes. It's the market, baby. <laughs> Jeff Sawyer's just block his ass. No, I'm blocking. I mean, listen, and maybe Dylan legitimately doesn't know how the business works. That's why I didn't bite, him, bite his head off because I think that, uh, I think that, uh, that is the case. So let's keep moving on, uh, this MVP conversation. Do you think it is, do you think that it is, um, a, a reasonable, do you think it's fair or foul? Basically, do you think it's fair or foul for an MVP voter to be emotional in his decision making about MVP? Now, there's only 50 MVP voters. And what happened with uh, an individual named Hub Arkush, which is a tremendous name. I'm unfamiliar with Hub Arkush, but apparently he is one of the 50 voters. Uh, He said now he has put out a statement on Twitter today saying that he uh, that he made a terrible mistake this week with his Aaron Rodgers comments. It was completely his fault. There's no one else to blame, and I am here to try and apologize. Now, he wrote a column. It's up on his Twitter account. What he did was say that, uh, that at this point, Aaron Rodgers is a jerk. He's a bad person. He went on a, a radio show in Chicago, 670 to the score, and said basically that he could uh, he could not bring himself to vote for Aaron Rodgers because he just fundamentally d- disagrees with everything that Aaron Rodgers does and the way that Aaron Rodgers carries himself. Now, Aaron, now it should be noted that Hub Arkush is his name. He's an MVP voter, uh, and he is a Bears slash NFL insider. So I don't know if there's bias there because, of course, Aaron Rodgers has notably said that he owns the Chicago Bears, which, by the way, he does. But he did put out this apology and Aaron Rodgers was told about the initial comments. And I'll, I'll read for you the initial comments because I do think that's important context here before we hear from, uh, before we hear from Aaron Rodgers himself. Uh, so Hub is saying that he would not vote for Aaron for these reasons. I don't think that you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your team and your organization and your fan base the way that he did and be the most valuable player. Has he been the most valuable player on the field? Yeah, you could make the argument for that. But I don't think he is clearly that much more valuable than Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup or maybe even Tom Brady. So from where I sit, the rest of it is why he's not going to be my choice. Do I think he's going to win it? Probably. A lot of voters don't approach it the way that I do, but others do who I've spoken to. Now, MVP voters aren't allowed to say who they're voting for 
until the award is announced. But what he said is that he's not voting for Aaron Rodgers, which might as well, I mean, it doesn't outright tell you who he's voting for, but it doesn't help. Um, And basically it's because Aaron has had this whole thing where he, I mean, knowingly misled people, whether you think that he has to disclose when he's asked whether he was vaccinated or not with the whole immunized situation. um, You know, he did knowingly mislead people because in implying that he was immunized because immunized, when you look up the definition does imply that you are vaccinated. That was knowingly misleading people. Now, media people don't take that well when you knowingly mislead them. And I think that the outrage around Aaron Rodgers is much of his own fault because the way that he doubled down in that initial appearance on the Pat McAfee show after the fact, I thought that he handled that poorly. He lost a bunch of sponsors. He since he since then walked a lot of that back. Now, again, whether it's my business or Hub Arkush's business or your business as to whether Aaron Rodgers is vaccinated or not, fine. But I'll tell you why it's foul. It's foul because that's not the vote. That's not the award. Who is the most valuable player on the field? Is it Aaron Rodgers? If the answer is yes, that's your vote. It doesn't have anything to do with whether he lied and knowingly misled people or not. Does it feel great? No. Does he have to be honest in that moment? No, but he also doesn't have to lie to people either. That is that is important to know. Does that make him a jerk? Does that make him the worst person that ever walked the planet? Earth? No, of course not. Like, it's ridiculous. And again, he he did apologize because he lost. You don't see Aaron Rodgers doing State Farm stuff anymore. You don't. Aaron Rodgers lost a local uh, endorsement with a Green Bay health company. I can't recall exactly what it was. But the award is the most valuable player. And is Aaron Rodgers the most valuable most valuable player? Probably. Probably. That's the case. But at this point, Aaron Rodgers responded before I think this apology was made by Hub Arkush. I think you, you, the comments from Aaron Rodgers are worth listening to. Um, after what you said last week about what it would mean to win your fourth MVP, what, what do you think of one of the 50 voters coming out and saying yesterday, quote, I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be the MVP. I think he's a bad guy, and I don't think a bad guy can be the MVP at the same time. I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. He doesn't know me. I don't know who he is. No one knew who he was probably until yesterday's comments. But, I mean, to and I listened to the comments, but to say he had his mind made up in the summertime, in the off season that, you know, I had zero chance of winning the VP. My opinion should exclude, you know, future, future votes. Um, you know, his problem isn't with me being a bad guy or the biggest jerk in the league. Cause he doesn't know me. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know anything about me. I mean, I've never met him. I've never had lunch with him. I've never had an interview with him. Um, his problem is I'm not vaccinated, you know? So if he wants to go on a crusade, and collude and come up with an, an extra letter to put on the award just for this season and make it the most valuable vaccinated player, then he should do that. But he's a bum, and I'm not going to waste any time worrying about that stuff. He has no idea who I am. He's never never talked to me in his life. But it's unfortunate that those, those sentiments – it's surprising that he would even say that, to be honest. But – yeah, I knew this was possible. We talked about it on McAfee weeks ago. 
Um, but crazy. His comments are fair. Aaron Rodgers' comments, uh, what Hub Arkush did is foul. What Aaron Rodgers said there is fair. There is no question. Um, it is not the most vaccinated award. It is the most valuable player award. And regardless of your position on vaccination, um, why, why we, again, I'm not, you know, not going to retread the vax talk. Um, but it is the correct response from Aaron. Whether, you know, uh, Hub Arkush or, you know, just some examples from people in the comments, not that you're going one way or another, but like whether Euler Titan or Ben Hall or Matthew Whitfield or Ryan Bowman or, or whomever is is commenting on this, whether you uh, whether you feel that Aaron Rodgers should be vaccinated, whether you feel that Aaron Rodgers shouldn't be vaccinated, whether you think that any of this factors into sports, what, uh, what Hub Arkush did is incorrect. And what Aaron Aaron Rodgers said is absolutely fair. This is bias that should not exist. And it does. And honestly, I think there should be consideration. Hub Arkush is apologizing because he did something wrong here, right? He knows that he did something wrong. And if you're going to be that comfortable telling people that your biases exist that way, we all have biases, right? I mean, all of us have biases. There's no question about it. But it cannot look like that. Because that impact that impacts Aaron Rodgers' legacy, that impacts Aaron Rodgers financially, that impacts Aaron Rodgers in a variety of different ways that it should have no basis on doing, other than is he the best at what he does? If it's yes, then vote for him. If it's no, then don't. But don't make it about oh, he's such a big jerk and blah blah blah, and he hurt his team. No, I mean he didn't hurt his team. The team's the top seed in the AFC, like or NFC. Like he's fine. His team's fine, and. Uh, you know, again, I don't like the fact that Aaron Rodgers lied. I don't necessarily know how I feel about reporters asking, are you vaccinated? Are you not vaccinated in those settings? I think that there's just just somebody who's in those press conferences. I think that they're, you know, I have my own problems with that. Right. I don't know that. I don't know that, uh, I don't know that that's something that, that goes about in it. Um, that, that should be a part of, a part of it, unless there's an outbreak that's started by an accident, a vaccinated player that we know is unvaccinated, then it becomes a whole different situation. But like, you know, I don't think that the, I don't think that the trying to get an answer out of guys about that is a part of our job. I think, is it a fit? I mean, legally, can we ask it? Yes. Do they have to answer it? Of course they don't. Um, But it just becomes, it just becomes a, it just becomes a whole thing. I think I remember you uh, being on him when he found out. Well, he didn't have the shot. Well, yeah, because he lied. Of course, you know, he, he knowingly misled people. And here's what I'll say, Dylan. I, I was, I still am, still am, absolutely. Would I have? Would I vote for? I don't have an MVP vote. There's only 50 people that have MVP votes. Would I vote for for MVP? Hell yes. I don't care. I don't. MVP has nothing to do with vaccination. And I, you know, again, I don't care whether you get vaccinated or you don't get vaccinated. I don't care whether Aaron Rodgers get vaccinated or you don't get vaccinated. I've taught, I've talked about this a million times. I'm not the one who's out here trying to, you know, out here trying to give medical advice. I don't care. Do what you do what you want and suffer the consequences either way, either way, right? Make your own decision. You're we're all adults. Make your decision. Totally fair. But when you break the protocol that has been put in place to help protect people like me and you've lied about it and your team has skirted the rules that are put into place, whether you believe in the rules or not, I don't care. 
Those are the rules. Those are the guidance that puts in place. Are you above the rules just because you're Aaron Rodgers? No. Have you broken the rules because you went about things differently because you're Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Did the Packers let him? Yes. Did that piss me off? Hell yes. If there was something that happened and there was a situation where, you know, for whatever reason, if a player with the the Titans was unvaccinated and he did not wear a mask in his press conference, and if that after contact tracing was determined that there was some kind of spread within the media in a press conference setting, and that caused me to pass it to somebody else in my family who's potentially at risk or whatever, that's trash. That's absolute garbage. Of course, I'm going to be pissed off about that because you lied about it and because you put others at risk because you lied about it. I don't care about the rest of it. I have zero interest in that. I care, did you put me in a bad position to hurt somebody else? Unknowingly. If you did that, then that's on you. That's why I was upset with Aaron Rodgers. I don't care about the vaccination stuff. You know, I, I, I'm just, I'm so sick of, I'm so sick of this damn conversation for so many reasons. And at this point, you know, I just, I just don't understand why people don't get that. Like why people don't understand that. All right. Now we can move on. (laughs) Cassie says you can get it from vaccinated players too. Are you going to be just as mad? Cassie, we didn't know that then, right? We didn't know that then. Like, let's not play whataboutism. Don't, Cassie, you know as well as I, this, and this is the kind of thing. The rules are different now. We didn't have Omicron then. Hell, we barely had Delta then. Things change. Don't be so, and, and, and listen, Cassie, I'm not mad at you. I'm frustrated at the line of questioning because I think, I think that that is, I think that's a common misconception that's held by people. But yeah, the situation changes if you don't adjust your way of thinking because the situation changes and you're stuck on a situation that happened a year ago when, of course, all of these things have changed. <laughs> I mean, Howard, that's like telling me, that okay, let's put let's put let's say it's a sports show. Let's make it a sports show again, shall we? That's like telling me, Cassie. Uh the Tennessee Titans. Okay, let's do it with the DVOA thing, right? We we did the DVOA thing yesterday. Uh Aaron Schatz gets on Twitter after the Titans win on Sunday and says Titans are gonna be the worst number one number one overall seed in the history of DVOA. Well, what is DVOA? DVOA is a predictive metric that tells you how good or how bad a football team is gonna be at the beginning of the season, based on the information that's at hand. So when they exceed the DVOA, the DVOA doesn't matter anymore, right? Because the cha- the product has changed. It's grading the games that they've played in. Well, of course we know that the team that's going to take the field this Sunday is a completely different team that played against the New York Jets, for example. Completely different team. That's saying that the team that's ending the season in Week 18 is the same as the team that started in Week 1. And, of course, that's a ridiculous way to do the analysis. If i got to do it through a sports prism for you, Cassie, that's how I'm going to do it. And, again, I'm not yelling at you. Please don't feel like I'm yelling at you. I'm just saying that's an incredibly frustrating line of thinking. And I would ask you to kind of reevaluate your your prism because of that. Okay. Can I be done with this now? (laughs) I I got (laughs) – I, uh, I I scared the cats because I'm going on a ranting. They just walked in the office and looked at me like, the hell is wrong with you? I'm sorry if I'm sorry if I got a little heated at the end. Um, but I, you know, like, like all of you, I'm tired of this shit. You know, I'm just tired of it. Uh, and I'm ready to, I'm ready to, you know, keep it moving. 
Um, and then we got William Young telling me my liberalism is bleeding out. No, William, relax. No, I don't care about liberal conservative. I just care are you stupid or not. Don't be stupid. If you're not stupid, we can agree on things. I hate stupid. I'm not, and I'm not saying I'm the smartest person in the world. I'm just saying, like, don't don't dog whistle with me. You know, don't dog whistle liberal. Don't dog whistle conservative. Like, I don't care about any of that. I care. Are you a dumb person or not? And can you adapt your thinking? Can, can, I, can you adapt your your logic? Are you are you physically able? Are you mentally able to adapt your train of thought? Or are you so married in liberal conservative? Oh, boo-hoo. Whatever. Both sides. It's garbage. I hate it. It drives me crazy. Oh, all right. I'm done. <laughs> Thank you guys for hanging out with us. I appreciate you. I really do. And, uh, and you know, I, I know sometimes when I get like that, I can be insufferable. But I do think it's important. You know, it's honest, right? We're just having honest conversations here. And, uh, and that's all that I can ask for. And I so appreciate you guys being able to have those conversations with me um, and and to be able to continue to do these things because I do think it's important that we have these conversations, right? You got, you know, I want you guys to be as comfortable saying whatever you want and you are. It's, it's, it's so cool the way that you guys are always super, uh, super comfortable speaking your mind and the way that we can have these conversations respectfully. Now, some, some listen, not everybody's, not everybody's respectful, I'm not always respectful. I can do better about that. In fact, that's my New Year's resolution to bite less people's heads off about this. But uh, Joshua Courtney says, you sound like you should be hosting America's Home fun- Funniest Home Videos. That's basically what I feel like. Twenty Living in, today- living in, in the 2020s feels like living in a, in a sick version of America's Funniest Home Videos, except it never ends. And it's just Bob Saget laughing at you over and over and over again. That's what I feel like living in 2020 and 2021 and now 2022, hopefully. There's something different. All right. Namaste. Find your Zen. 10 deep breaths, 20 short ones, whatever you got to do. I'm going to do my breathing exercises. I'm going to wind down. It's 930. We almost went an hour and a half tonight. So, I mean, I don't know if it's a good show. I know it's a longer show than it's, uh, than it is. And, you know, I got three hours to do it tomorrow, uh, on, uh, oh, let's, and then we got STEM 50. Okay. Let's move on and talk football, bro. What do you think I did for an hour? <laughs> now I'm mad. I, what do you think? What, what do we do for an hour? We talk about football for an hour. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'll do it. All right. We got one more primetime show left to do. Uh, go check out the install podcast with Greg Cosell, STEM 50 or S10 50 or whatever the hell your name is on YouTube. You want football? I got X's and O's podcast for you on the install with Greg Cosell. New episode came out tonight. We broke down the Titans. We broke down the Texans. We analyzed all of the top seeds in the AFC, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals. It's all there for you. I got three hours of Sports Talk Radio to do to, tomorrow, so if you want to call me and, and yell at me about something, we can do that then too. Uh, tomorrow on the radio show, uh, Diana Rossini is going to be on. The Queen uh, makes her return to the radio airwaves, and obviously we're going to be talking about Derrick Henry, and I'm going to have Titans linebacker David Long on. Uh, Diana is at 11.45 Central Time. And uh, and David Long is at 12.15 Central Time. So we're going to have a great time together on the radio show. Diana, David, join us if you like. I'm on from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. And I, uh, I truly appreciate everybody who hangs out with us on the radio show and hangs out with us on primetime and does it both. You guys are the best, no matter how frustrated I might seem. And a lot of people are... Uh... <laughs> 
lot of people are saying I'm saying you know talking about me and in in, uh, in terms he's definitely tired. Yes, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> I really am. It's sweet boy, boys and girls. It is week eighteen, and your boy is feeling it. I saw. I saw. We. I mean, we might as well go an hour and a half at this point. We. uh <laughs> I was talking to my girlfriend about this today and then, and then we'll wrap up. Cause I know you guys are, are tired of my shit, but uh, I was talking to my girlfriend about this today. Cause she's like, she's uh, she's, she, she wanted to kind of plan a trip around Los Angeles. Cause I'm going to super bowl either way. If the Titans are, aren't there, I'm going to be there. Cause I'm going to do my, uh, I'm going to do my radio show from radio row on, uh, on the whole super bowl week. Right. I'll be out there from Tuesday to Friday regardless of if the Titans go or not. And my girlfriend texted me today. She's like, I'm thinking about taking some PTO. LA sounds like it'd be fun. You know, I don't have to come out in the middle of the week like you are, but I can, you know, we can come out and try and do something. And, uh, and, and you know, cause she's sick of football season too. And I'm, di- I'm dying for a bye week, right? I so need that first round bye. I don't need it physically as bad as the players do, but mentally, like I am just, I'm shot this point so i'm excited i'm excited to see if they can do that because one my relationship very much depends on it my mental sanity very much depends on it and uh and then you know while she's in the middle of asking me that because i'm like oh you know okay maybe we try to do it and then of course the news comes out that they're potentially thinking about moving the super bowl to dallas from la because of this whole covid debacle uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, I, you know, all right, I just, I need to go to the beach. I need them to win this week. It's the only time in my life I'll ever actively admit to rooting for the Titans. I need them to win this week so I can have a vacation. Uh, so I can take the first round by and I can go to Florida and I can go to the beach or I can go to somewhere to just, uh, you know, take a, take a little bit of a break. All right. Enough of my complaining. You guys are great. Thanks for hanging out, uh, here on the primetime show. We'll do it one more time this week. Then, of course, I'll be in Houston. We'll do primetime live from Houston on Sunday night, but one more show to do tomorrow. And, of course, radio from 10 to 1. Diana, David Long, as I mentioned, hang out with us from 10 to 1. Or if you can't catch it live, don't worry. It's on YouTube as well. We, we live stream the radio show on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch as well. So you can hang out with us there. Or you can uh, get the podcast, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Orlando says, Buck, you just went to Egypt. Jesus. Yeah, but, you know, internet, I was... Orlando, I was in Egypt for two days. It takes 20 hours to get there both ways. That was not a vacation, my guy. That was me going to visit my uh, visit my family uh, because I have not visited my family. Um, I have not got the opportunity to go to Cairo since my dad uh, <laughs> since my dad passed away in 2019 in Cairo, and so it was uh, it was important for me to go. Not quite a vacation. That's how I spent my bye week. Um, but you know. That's maybe that's TMI. Too much information. I'm going to get out of here. Good night.